Welcome to the Deep Slant Podcast. Joining me today, J.J. Moses, as always, we're talking Brian Cushing. We're talking 2018 Texans. We're talking 2018 NFL Combine and the best of Twitter and social media this week. J.J., I can't wait to get to it. How you been, my friend? I am doing well. I guess it's Cowboy Day today. I see you representing your Cowboy <laughs> boots. I got to put my Cowboy boots you, on. Well, you're wearing the plaid shirt, so <laughs> you just need to do it head to toe. It's actually uh, the barbecue cook-off starts this weekend right. and uh, in the office you're allowed to wear western gear and i ran into drew doherty and he looked at me and he goes you do realize we're the only two in the office <laughs> that drew. are like dressed like a cowboy <laughs> drew's cowgirls. rocking his cowboy boots as well huh he is and he's got a, a funky little jacket that he told me he was going to put on later but he was a little embarrassed to do it in the morning so i cannot wait to see what that is i left my hat at home because and i'm glad i did because i think i'm already over the top with the head-to-toe denim in the boots. No, but. you are swagged out. You're ready but I to step rock out, and roll. You I step awesome. outside the stadium, and I fit right in. <laughs> All right, JJ. You were at an event yesterday. I've been following you on Twitter. You've been pretty busy this week. I know the Combine's coming up next week, but you did like a miniature version, right, for kids? Yeah, it was actually on Saturday, and it was called the Toros uh, Kids Club Combine, and it was a great turnout DP on Saturday, and it was nearly about a few hundred kids that showed out and their parents and basically we just took the kids through what an actual combine will look like in the NFL so they had the quarterback toss drill they had the um, the obstacle course and also they did they did the 40 uh, yard dash and then they had Houston Texans cheerleaders uh, they had a player there so it was just an overall a great time for the kids and they just I thought they really enjoyed themselves and it was cool to see everybody there so no no bench press for the <laughs> little ones <laughs> Just a bar. Hey, well, actually, when <laughs> Steven Anderson was the player there, and it was cool because some of the kids wanted to actually race him in some races. But it was cool, man, just seeing the kids, and, and they were smiling from ear to ear. And it was just a great opportunity for them to see what it's like for a player in the NFL to go through a combine and all the different type of drills. And actually, that's where many of us, you know, got our debut and went on to play into the NFL. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about your experience because yeah. you didn't go to the combine, but you had a similar experience. At your pro day, right? Yeah. So the the, tw- the combine last year, they actually changed it. And like Super Bowl experience, they have an NFL combine experience up in Indianapolis. And they had people could run the 40. I don't think you could do the bench press, but they had like three-cone drill. They had all the drills. And you, it was like an interactive experience where people could race. And they had and the 40-yard dash was really cool because they had images of different players on this screen that was backlit. And you could see like how your time compared to other really fast wow. players. It was it was really neat. I I wonder, you know, I I just thought, do people care like about the combine, like coming and inter- and and interacting and doing this? You know, it's in Indianapolis every year, but I think once it moves around, it be it'll become like an event that you go to. Right, it'll be totally like a Super Bowl type of event. You know how they do it for the whole entire week. But it, just, I think they're trying to make it like that. And I it, think so. And it's it's televised, obviously, on NFL Network, but. Mark Vandermeer has always said they should make that 40-yard dash like a prime time. <laughs> Open it up. Let people come and watch. Right. Invite all the celebrities and stars and, <laughs> hey, tune into it. Put it on HBO. But what's so crazy is the fact that how much emphasis is placed on the actual NFL combine. If you have a great combine DP, typically you're going to go ahead and get drafted first, second, you know, first, second day uh, of the combine. So I just think that overall it's so much emphasis placed on that. And I just remember watching Jadavion Clowney when he ran his 40-yard dash, and he ran a, what, a 4-4-40? 4-4-7 and then a 4-4-8. Actually, it, it, we just tweeted out from the main Houston Texans account, like a, like a throwback. It, it was crazy because he's so big. 
He's so big and he's so fast. But you know what? If you ever are bored, go on YouTube and watch his high school track yes. relay races. I mean, he was – It's uh, it, it just doesn't seem physically – it's like, how is this possible for someone of his size to, to be that fast? To run that fast. Yeah. Now, I did see when they compared him against J.J. Watt, and I think it was Johnny Menzel. And Johnny Menzel, too. And, and right. they showed them they all, superimposed all three of those them. guys. Yes, and it was crazy to see Jadavion Clowney pull away like that. I mean, the guy can run with wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, he could be an actual wide receiver in the NFL. They should line speed. him up at running back at the goal line because he's fast <laughs> and he's big. Who's going to stop him? He's, he has to be the most athletic and dominant player in the NFL like right now. Right now. All right, JJ, if you had to run the 40. Oh my goodness. Like in your prime, what what were you, what were you running it in? Oh, in my prime. Well, in my prime that was about 25,000 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but in my prime, I was probably a 44 guy, a 445, 446. Really? So, Jadavion and myself, we would have probably been neck to neck. They would have superimposed you and Jadavion. <laughs> Could you believe that? Like, <laughs> I mean, nowadays you see wide receivers running 4340s and even some 42s. So, it it just shows you that the 40-yard dash is very important. But that's if you run a fast 40-yard dash, typically that's going to help you in the NFL. It can't and, hurt anything, Oh, it right? would not hurt at all. I've seen guys that had a phenomenal pro day, and they went on to play numerous of years in the NFL. You don't really have to be that great in college. As long as you show up for the pro day or you do well, or if you do some amazing broad jump or you throw the ball or you catch the ball exceptionally well, that right there will gain all the attention of all the NFL scouts. And I think it's the thinking that you, can, you can't you can coach athleticism, no, you but can't. you can coach a player. So if they've got the raw talent, yes. either they've got like speed or strength or whatnot, if they've got one of those things, then you can kind of work on the rest. But the raw talent, I mean, yeah. you're either born with it or you're not. That's exactly Someone right. Someone either has that speed or they don't. They don't. I remember when I was at Iowa State University, and this is a crazy story, and this is kind of how I got into the NFL, but we had a quarterback at the time getting a many different looks, Sage Rosenfeld, Sage yeah, Helicopter. Yeah, of course. So Sage was my quarterback, and he was – That was getting, before he got the nickname, <laughs> That was before. Though. So, you know, of course, after my senior year in, high, in college, I wanted to play in the NFL, but I was not getting any tryouts from any of the NFL teams. No, None of the coaches thought that I was going to play at the next level. So Sage called me on a Wednesday morning and he said, hey, JJ, I got the Kansas City Chiefs coming to our you know, facilities. Can you come up here and catch some footballs for me? And I'm thinking like, yes, I would love to. Right. You know, because Sage was getting all these trials. So Saturday morning rolls around DP and Coach Dick Vermeil, the owners, all the scouts, all the different, uh, you know, everyone that was affiliated with the program said, hey, Sage, throw some footballs, and, and, you know, you can have J.J. catch some balls. So as the workouts were going on, I'm trying my best. I'm diving for every catch. You want him to look good. Yes. But you want to look good, too, and I wanted And I wanted to help out my quarterback. And so Sage is doing a phenomenal job. He's throwing the football. And DP, out of the blue, I saw Coach Dick Vermeil walk up behind me, and he pulls out a yellow notebook pad, and he started saying these words to me. Good job, Moses. Good job, Moses. Really? That's the way to catch the football. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, my goodness, Coach Dick Vermeil, he just – he just said my name. So the workout's finished. I grab, you know, I sit down. I, you know, take off my gloves and my cleats. Coach Dick Vermeil walks up to me, DP, and he says, JJ, today you have just made it into the NFL. So that's how I got my break by being in the NFL, by being prepared for your opportunity. So that's why I'm so big at the – I mean, I'm big on the combine and how we can advance a player because you just never know. And that's a life principle. You never know when an opportunity will you come. You never know. And, and- – you never know who might be watching and what they're looking for. They might be looking for someone exactly 
with your skill set, with your size that fits into their system. All right, so Dick Vermeil was at your pro day. What do you think that you did that impressed him so much? You know what it was? I think that I was totally blessed by God. But to be honest, I just worked hard, DP. Number one, I had a great relationship with my quarterback. And in this business and even in life general, you have to be – in great relationships. You can't burn down bridges. So imagine this. Let's say I didn't have a great relationship with my quarterback. He probably wouldn't have chose me to come out, catch some footballs for him, but he knew that he could trust me. Right. So trust is a big factor in life. You got to have people that you surround yourself with that you can trust. Number two was I really went out there and I was ready for it. I was diving. I was in shape. I didn't have to say, oh, my goodness, let me start working out the day before this combine. Yeah, you were were ready. I was already working out as if I was going to get a call. I was already prepare myself now remind you I didn't have not one coach not one NFL agent no one wanted to be affiliated with me because of my height but I continued to pursue it despite what it looked like and then boom out of the blue magic happens on that Saturday morning that was in 2000 DP guess what for the last 18 years, I've been involved with the NFL now as a player right you well, as a player and now as an ambassador so opportunities you never know you never know and you can't discount yourself because of say height or anything else. So Dick Vermeil saw you at that pro day, and then you ended up playing for him. I ended up playing for him. Well, it was crazy because they put me on practice squad that particular year because they had Dante Hall. And then the next following year, that's when I went to Green Bay, and then that's when Green Bay picked me up on their roster, and I played a few games up there. So, But, again, it was my step to get into the NFL because at that time, if Dick Vermeil was not there, I wouldn't have probably got into the NFL because everyone had probably just looked over me despite – what I did in college, despite us winning and you know winning some games and my stats, it didn't matter. Only thing that mattered was what I did for that particular workout. So if you shine during that combine, oh, my goodness, you just never know. Do you think there's any skills or drills that they should add to the combine to make it better? Because every year I hear – Oh, you know, they call it the underwear Olympics or this and that. <laughs> right. That that's not this is not really what you're asked to do in the NFL. It's more about the interviews and getting to know the prospects. But do you think there's something that you could add, especially as far as like wide receivers and a special teams go to, to make it maybe a little bit more accurate to see how these guys will fit into the NFL? I think that what they're doing, they're doing a great job of, of really just trying to understand what a player's all about as far as who do they hang out with, what type of music they listen to, um, who are their friends, what do they associate themselves with, um, looking at on their social media. Are they partiers? Do they go out and drink? Are they smoke? I mean, what do they do outside of the actual football field? So I think overall, of course, you want to look at how fast they are, how, you know, how far they can jump. That's important. But you also, and I think the Texans have done a fabulous job of finding guys that are leaders on and off the football field. And, and thank goodness we haven't had too many players that have been you know, in trouble off the football field. So it's a testament of what we're doing in terms of finding great players. I'm looking forward to going to the combine next week. And next time I talk talk with you we'll talk about maybe some of the interesting <laughs> players that come out of that I there's always good stories that come out of those interview sessions I mean it's crazy it it's, is. it is crazy all right another guy who was actually an undrafted free agent who really made a name for himself last year Dylan Cole and his name is in the news because obviously Brian Cushing released yes. by the team after nine years so his tenure with the Texans has come to an end will he continue to play don't really know another team could pick him up or he could retire I think that is still very much up in the air he looked like he can play towards the end of the year because he was fresh. He only played a few games there at the end. And, you, you know, I I would imagine that he'd want at least 
see if another team gives him a shot. But your thoughts on Brian Cushing I mean, and, and, and what he was able to do? I mean, first of all, we got to highlight, you know, he was one of the greatest linebackers in this organization. And for him to be a first-round draft choice, I think, what, he finished up his career with 664 tackles. And all-time, all-time leading tackler. All-time leading tackler. Yeah. I mean, that is so big. Um, do I think Brian has any more juice left? Only Brian can really answer that. Um, I think that, you know, over the, his last few years, he's been interprone and, of course, that can really stop him. I don't know how his lateral movement is, and only he knows if he can go out there and play for one year. I think all athletes think, oh, I can at least get one more year. Right. But you also got to be fair to your body. And if your body's telling you to slow down, I think that's the best decision. But, you know, Brian, he had a fabulous career. I know he wished he would have bought a championship to this ball club. but Actually, he said that in his Instagram post to the fans. He said, I'm sorry that we didn't bring a championship to Houston. But he he also said, I think – that they're really close, yeah. which I thought was really encouraging. What's your favorite Brian Cushing moment? Brian Cushing moment. Actually, when Brian and I, we had met maybe about several years back, and he had actually told me something that was so cool, and, and I didn't even know that it was even, you know, I didn't even know that it was even something that he was talking about. We were at an event, and um, and he said, hey, J.J., um, I just saw this documentary, and it was with Deshaun Jackson. Remember, Desha- you know Deshaun oh, Jackson, yeah, wide, course, receiver. wide receiver. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, that's cool. Okay, what does Deshaun Jackson have to I do with do. me? Yeah. So he said, were you with the Kansas City Chiefs as a rookie? Because it shows Deshaun Jackson as an eighth grader <laughs> at a Kansas City Chiefs um, training camp, and it shows you giving Deshaun Jackson your gloves – and Deshaun Jackson is just so thrilled that you really? looked over. The, so it's funny, but it's in his documentary. But it's crazy, DP, that Deshaun was. Did you even know? He was that a regular you're... kid. But did you know that that. Okay, no. so if he had not. You had not seen. Did you go back and watch oh, it? Oh, I, I watched it now, and then I couldn't believe that his dad and his brothers, they were there. Long story short, Deshaun Jackson, he had a brother that had trials with the Kansas City Chiefs years back, but he didn't make it. But he still had a relationship with the Kansas City Chiefs organization. Okay. So when I was with the team back in 2002. Deshaun Jackson, his brother, and I believe his dad, went to a practice because of his connections with his brother. Deshaun, again, was one of the kids that was in the crowd out of right. a few hundred kids there. So I, you know, like normal players, you see kids, you give them your gloves and a cry, hey, good luck, wish you all the best. But it's funny that his dad caught the video, and it shows me giving my glove to Deshaun Jackson. I told him, keep up the good work. I think you can make it in life. Big things are in store for you. That's really? what I said. I oh didn't think gosh. nothing else of it. And it's funny. Years later, Deshaun Jackson becomes an amazing player at Cal. Now becomes one of the best receivers. Right. You just never know who you're talking to in life. You just never. You just never know who you're giving encouraging to. Did you? Did you ever reach out to him, or did he ever reach out to you? So it's funny because um, Deshaun was with the Washington Redskins, and they were playing the Texans. I think maybe three years ago, and so Tony, remember Tony Wally? Yes, I do. And that was uh, 2015. Yeah, three years ago. It was during Hard Knocks, right? So we had a chance to connect, and I went down to this hotel, and, um, you know, I saw him and his mom, and we just connected. And it was cool to see him, and he remembered the whole entire thing. Oh, yes. I guess as a kid, that that leaves a mark on you. Especially if you got it on, on, you know, you recorded it, and and you're able to look at it on the video, you can see, like, man, goodness. Yeah, I do remember JJ. So, you know, we got each other's numbers, and from time to time, I'll shoot him a text message, and he'll tell me, thanks a lot, big dog. Appreciate it. But, again, I'm just honored that I was able to recognize that talent and just to, you know, be a part of a little story of saying, hey, 
an NFL player recognized me when I was young, told me to keep up the good work, and I think that it went a long way. So when you know when you're doing different events with these young kids, and you just never motivate know. Right? Them, you never know who they will become. That's got to be so cool for you as a player because you get to use your platform oh, and encourage other kids, and yet you don't even know that like a simple gesture like that. Who, who you're giving it to. You're giving it to Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> it could be the next president. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, we talk about quarterbacks and wide receiver duos. Uh, you said quarterbacks need to have trust in their wide receivers. I saw on NFL.com this week, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins rated number seven among all QB and wide receiver duos. Now, wow. granted, this is someone's opinion <laughs> okay. based on how they rank, but I thought it was interesting. You, you see veteran, veteran duos like Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. They were number one. But Hopkins... 38% share of Watson's intended yards. That's how much uh, he, he trusted wow, DeAndre Hopkins. that's big. Okay. And Watson posted 104.1 passer rating on his throws to Hopkins. That shows you it's a dynamic duel. Okay, I got a question for you. Yes. Because we're talking about Deshaun, of course, and Hop. I think if you were to do a mock draft with the Houston Texans, okay, who would be your top three players from one, two, to three that you would pick in terms of the most important and valuable player on this roster right now? Oh, gosh. Now you're really putting me on That's tough, DP, because you go in so many different directions. It, but has, I got to be, my it, has, to, it has to be current players. It has to be current players, and yeah. you have to choose number one as your most valuable player that you need yeah. going forward, number two player, and then the number three player. I mean, I would have to go to – I mean, it's so it seems one, unfair to say Deshaun Watson because he's only played seven games, but we know how important a quarterback is Okay. every single year. So I'd have to go Deshaun. Deshaun Watson. Based on what the what he's shown us in seven games. Number two, I'm mm. conflicted between Hop and Clowney. Mm. <laughs> but I'm going to go Clowney. Okay. Because I just think that <laughs> I can't go offense, offense. I've got to go offense, defense. That's, that's really it. I think you need to have an elite pass rusher. And Clowney just, I just don't, I mean, I just am so, I, I'm just amazed at what he's able to do at his size. I don't think anyone can do that. And then I, then I guess by default, Hopkins is three, but it's really like one, two A and two B. Oh my goodness. That's guess how what? I'm going to rank it. If you were Let's to look see. at my sheet, I said Watkins, Watson, Watson, Clowney, and Hopkins, <laughs> just like you. We were on the, we're on the same we're page. We're on the same page. But you know what? There's no JJ. There's no Whitney. No. There's like, there, you know. We've got all these players that we can't even put on the list because who are the three that are most important? And Deshaun Watson, oh my goodness, as a rookie, I mean, I hope that he stays healthy. I hope that what we saw is a snapshot of what the bigger picture yeah. really is. But it just seemed like week after week he was just getting better and better because I know we are very like hesitant to jump on the bandwagon when it comes to quarterbacks because we've <laughs> had so many over the years. But last year with Deshaun Watson, after seeing what he was able to do against Cincinnati, we thought, okay, that's pretty good. But now we got to go play at New England, and then he was able to do what he did right. at New England. And then he comes home and puts up those kind of numbers at Tennessee. I felt like that was that what might have been one of the most exciting wins I've seen in recent history, just because I think it just shows you what the future could be. Right. That's right. It was foreshadowing moments the whole entire season for Watson. I mean, foreshadowing moments of he, he of knew what, that he was going to become or what, what he, he can. What he, what, like that's it. That's like, right. You, you know that what you're seeing. It's not a fluke. It wasn't just a one-game performance. No. Like, this kid really has something special. <laughs> he has it. I mean, what, he had 19 touchdown passes, the most in NFL history in seven games. That's unreal. That's unreal. And Will Fuller. We didn't <laughs> even mention Will Fuller, what he was able to do in those few short games. That's exactly like, right. Like, our tagline for him was, Will Fuller, all he does is catch touchdowns. Because every all. single <laughs> every single ball that came <laughs> his way one. was a touchdown. And, and what we wanted to see out of Will Fuller as far as stretching the field – 
that's exactly, exactly. I mean, it just made him better. It made everybody around him better. I don't know what it is about Deshaun Watson that everyone just, maybe because he was a rookie and everyone that's felt right. like they had to step up and just play better for him, for this kid. That's right. But it was amazing I to mean, watch. Everybody played well. I mean, even the defense played well. Jadavion Clowney went on to have another Pro Bowl year. I think he just raises the game of everybody. Everyone wants to play, play good. And then, of course, DeAndre Hopkins finishes the season with 13 touchdowns, 96 receptions, and amazing and his first all-pro. His first all-pro. Was it his first all-pro? He had talked about how he had been second-team all-pro. That's right. Okay. And he said what he really wants is to be first-team all-pro, and he was able to get that. And he didn't even play all 16 games. He played six, 16, no, right. 15 games. He missed the last game, obviously, against Indianapolis. Still led the league in touchdown catches. And, you know, and that's with different quarterbacks. That's what, and, DP, just think what we just said. We just ranked the top three players and he's, on the Texas and team. And he's third. <laughs> and then J.J. Watt was not even included. Right. So that just shows you this team, moving, we have talent here. We have unbelievable talent. It's just about those guys staying healthy and being able to make some plays on the football field. All right, J.J., I'm going to circle back. You mentioned talent on this team. Dylan Cole and Zach Cunningham, obviously with no Cushing on this team. Okay. Two young guys. Zach Cunningham, second-round draft pick, and then Dylan Cole, undrafted free agent. Mm. Just goes to show you that it doesn't matter where you were picked or where yes. you came from. You have an opportunity to play and to really be a good player yes. and contribute on this team. What do you think about them with Bernardrick McKinney and those linebackers? Well, Such I, a young well, group. You know, I do like Dylan Cole. First of all, undrafted free agent. I, I know that holds a special um, place in it, your it heart. It does because, it's, it's to me, this has been the year of underdogs. For it really has. backups to come into the league and make a name for themselves. So right now, Dylan, he has an amazing opportunity to really capitalize and put his name in the NFL, and I think that his upside is really big. And, of course, Bernardrick McKinney, you, how can he's you He's not- like the wily veteran now back there, right? <laughs> like, is. I feel like we just drafted him, and here he is. He's – you know, he's like the quarterback of the defense. That's exactly right. He has the personality. Guys respect him. He has the the years of leadership. So I think overall this linebacker core moving forward, they can really do some big things. And, of course, you're going to miss Cushing. But I think Bernardrick, he's kind of stepped into that place where he's that vocal leader. He's getting guys, you know, you see him during the games, good job, you know, and all that. He's got his hair yeah. bleached blonde. You know, he's got <laughs> this look. And so I think that overall his play, he's a hard worker, you know, during the offseason. I'm quite sure he's probably in the weight room right now, you know, just pumping up that iron. But I think this linebacker court can really do some things. And my eyes are really on Dylan Cole kind of moving forward. I think it's interesting that BMAC used to play quarterback at Mississippi State. I, I've asked him that <laughs> in the right. past. I'm like, does that make you – is that easier then to, to to the Mike linebacker when you've called plays as a That's quarterback? That's exactly And right. now I can't even imagine him as a quarterback, but I meant if he was a quarterback today, How, like he's humongous, first of all, goodness. if you've ever stood next to him. I'm yes. pretty tall, and he's he's huge. He's huge. He, he's huge, but to see him as a quarterback <laughs> – Blue 22, set. <laughs> That bleach blonde hair running he around. He would make the opposing team afraid of him already just by <laughs> barking out this caters and all that type of stuff. But it shows you how talented he is. He's I mean, really talented. With him being able fronts. to be a quarterback mm-hmm. and, and then, of course, transitioning transitioning now and being a linebacker, I think that helps him because now he's able to read coverages or see exactly what the quarterback's what going the quarterback's to do. What the quarterback's going to be doing, yeah. Exactly yeah, right. right. He could probably say, okay, I can tell that he's probably trying to throw over here or he's singling out, singling out uh, a defensive back. So I think that that's an advantage for uh, Mac right there, and uh, hopefully that it can continue this season for him. All right. 
JJ, I've got a little segment. I like to go through what I liked on social media this week. I don't know how much you keep up with social media, but you don't really even need oh, to I to follow them. You do? Okay. <laughs> all right. Let What players are talking about? I do this little thing called likes and stuff, and some not all of it makes it to likes and stuff. Okay. But it's still worth talking about. All right. Um, let's see. Let's start with let's start with Deshaun Watson heading to Germany because this will probably be on next week's likes and stuff. But this is a funny story. I saw Deshaun Watson tweeted out something in German, and it said mm. Deshaun Watson had his picture, and everything else was in German, and it was a retweet by NFL Deutschland, which is NFL Germany. And you <laughs> right. just sort of see stuff like that, and you're like, okay, whatever. And then John Harris was doing the radio the other day, and he said, yeah, somebody asked me when Deshaun was going to Germany. And so we had, like, all these little clues that, like, there's something with Deshaun in Germany. And then today – uh, Deshaun tweets that he's headed to Germany. Oh my, yeah. Like, oh, okay. Well, we I guess we should have read into that. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun in Deutschland is the hashtag. Really? So I don't know what he's doing over there, but I'm like really fascinated <laughs> by this storyline for some reason. Deshaun Watson in, in Deutschland. Uh, the other big thing, big uh, movie release, Black Panther, obviously. Players were it. all t- – did you see it? I did. Do not tell me. I haven't seen it. Okay. I really want to see it, but all the players – or seem to be talking about it. That's that was right. trending on Twitter. Uh, okay. Your review, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. I don't know. I don't think anybody's given it a thumbs down I didn't yet. know. I didn't know what to expect. I, I'm not familiar with the whole Black Panther, you know, the, the story behind it. But when I went there, I was so I was blinded in terms of not knowing exactly what it was going to be about. Or right. Anything. I'm the same way. I don't really – I know I a little bit of it. That's, that's exact. It. That's okay. exactly right. So when I went in there, we matter of fact, I took my mom, and we went yesterday at Magna 11 o'clock. So when we you went inside, it was crazy because my mom, she has a difficult time walking up the steps. So I had to kind of guide her up the steps and all that. So we got a spot. And from from the time we sat down to the end, once we left out, I was like, oh, my goodness. This was really unbelievable. You know, I thought maybe it could have been a low-budget movie or you were thinking, man, is it going to be action-packed? It was everything of what I could have only imagined. And I'm like, my goodness, I can't, I wouldn't mind going and watching it again. But it was very much worth my few dollars. Well, any movie that gets 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, oh my gosh. it got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I was just curious to see it because I thought, what is 100% on Rotten Tomatoes actually – what does it look like? Right. So, okay, I've def- okay, so I, I don't want to spoil it for people yeah, that are watching. Yeah, don't spoil it. Because yes. every time I turn on the TV, they're <laughs> showing clips of the movie, and it makes me really mad. Yeah. Uh, okay, Drake gives away nearly a million dollars to the people of Miami in his new I video, God's that. Plan. God's Plan. So I'm a big Drake fan. I went to the Drake concert last year. But a few of our players have ties to Drake. Christian Covington. Christian Covington being from Canada. Can you guess the other two? I know Christian. Uh, let's see here. Who else? Not necessarily ties to Drake, but ties to, okay. What I say, I mean, I, I think, of course, you maybe want to include J.J. Watt. Yes. Drake gave, a, I want to say, a million dollars to the Harvey Fund. That's what I thought. Okay. To the Harvey Relief Fund. So I saw J.J. also giving props to Drake that. for I that. I saw that. And then I want to. The third one's a little oh, bit Hopkins. tougher. Is it because, is it, what, is Drake affiliated with Adidas or anything like that? Because I know Hop has a contract with Adidas. Uh, yeah, so maybe, thinking, maybe. I don't but that's know. That's not the one I'm thinking. How okay. about Miami? My, I'll narrow it down a little bit. Miami. My. Well, not. I don't know. Who? Lamar. Lamar Miller. Oh my! Really? Lamar Miller, born and raised in Miami, played his college career oh. in Miami. Played for the Dolphins. He's from Miami, so he also. I saw him on social media giving props to Drake for. Because he gave away his budget for the video that to the people of Miami. Could you, I mean, How that, is he going to top that, first of all? I don't all? know. I, I think we should come up with a video saying God's plan to come up and give everybody cowboy boots. What about that? <laughs> everybody gets everybody cowboy needs boots cowboy today. boots. 
I have a funny Drake story. I, I saw Drake in concert, but last year I was on a girls' trip to Vegas, and we were eating at a restaurant, and all of a sudden uh, a bunch of, like, bodyguards kind of walk in, look around, then they leave, and then they walk back in with Drake. Really? And they take him back to the private room. And, I mean, JJ, I'm, like, fumbling for my phone. Like, fumbling, fumbling. Like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? You know when you can't do something fast enough? Totally. So it. I opened up my phone and took a really quick picture of Drake walking by because I had to show, I, I don't know who, like my family or somebody. I was like, I have to tell somebody that Drake is here than my three friends that are with me. And uh, I got this really blurry picture of Drake. Oh. <laughs> but you could tell. If you squint, you could tell that it was Drake. What, are you sure it was Drake? It was, it was Drake because when we were leaving, he they had one bodyguard stationed, like, in the lobby of the restaurant. So we were just talking to him. I'm sure he thought we were – like total like groupies or something. Yeah. We're like, look, he's, you know, we just want to say, you know, we're from Houston. We really, we really like his music. We saw his show. He was fantastic. You should have told Drake, Google you. I'm DP Sadu. <laughs> Follow me on Texas TV, baby. Follow me. He'd be but, like, security? No, but you know what I love about that is that how you got, you know, rappers or musicians, singers, and they really enjoy following football or even sports guys, and they have a great relationship with the guys. So I just think that it's really cool. And, and um, you know, Drake is probably one of the all-time favorites as well. I mean, and for him to put up a video like that and to donate all that money, I think we need to see more of that in, in today's society where so much stuff going on. You need to see some type of love and, and to see somebody giving back. Normally on the other end, you always seeing people throwing away money. And, <laughs> you know, I'm going to make it rain in here. But you, know? you just saw you just saw people so moved. But I actually shared it on my on my Facebook page because I was just I just thought what a what a cool idea, and, and you know he's, so cool. he's at the top of his game. But he was here, and I want to say it was either for the Super Bowl, I cannot remember, either Super Bowl 51 or for one of the big soccer matches. Uh, Drake was here, and that's when Christian Covington met him. And I just thought, I how yeah. can I get to this game and meet Drake? <laughs> I mean, I, I, you couldn't do it. I couldn't. I could. I don't think it was the Super Bowl because I was. I was here for the Super Bowl. It must have been one of the soccer matches where he was here. Really? See, I want to think Drake and and um and and Nook. They have some form of a relationship because I want to. I want to say Drake is. Um, he's 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 uh, like an ambassador or, or something with Adidas. I want to oh, say that. Oh, is he that. Adidas guy? Okay. I, I want to say be. that because I thought I saw a commercial. Nook does have a, an Adidas. And I know that. And they did a commercial. Remember when they had all those, you know, oh, athletes? James Harden. James Harden was in DeAndre. it. DeAndre. DeAndre. Was, was Drake in that? Was Drake in that? There were so many superstars so, in that commercial. Like, so many of them. I'm going to go back and YouTube it and now. It was great you could to, be right. I might be. I, I can't remember. But it was great to see Hopkins in there. But I just love seeing that overall when they're able to, you know, you know, pretty much use their platform for something good. Absolutely. All right, JJ, always a pleasure. Uh, we might not sync up next week because I'll be in Indianapolis. But when we come back, we'll talk all about the combine and free agency will be just around the corner. So we'll do that okay. next time. How's that sound? That sounds great. Look for that guy that's going to run at 4240 on your Facebook. Page. I will. I'll I do that. See that. All right, good stuff. <laughs> JJ Moses, you're listening to the Deep Slant Podcast. Check us out on HoustonTexans.com and the Texans mobile app. Thanks for listening and go Texans.